you know, a lot of times people come to me and say, well, I don't, you don't know what my boss is like. And I say, well, I can't imagine it is worse than Daniel or Nehemiah's boss. <laughs> hey, welcome to the 30 Second Book Club podcast, a place for people who want to read more books and be in a book club, but don't have time to do either. Don't worry, I take care of that for you. Talking this week with Oz Hillman, who has written 31 Decrees of Blessing for Your Work Life. I'm probably not the only one that thinks this, but I never really have thought about doing decrees in my life before. Talk about the importance of that. Sure. Well, in the scripture, uh, I got this from Job 22, um, verse 28. It says, Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. And, you know, when I look in the scripture, I see a lot of examples where God spoke things into existence. He spoke you know, had examples of having uh, his leaders speak to things. He told Ezekiel to speak to the dry bones. He told Moses to speak to the uh, rock instead of strike the rock. Uh, Jesus spoke to the fig tree. Jesus spoke to Lazarus to come out. Peter spoke to the uh you know, the, the crippled man to get up and walk. And so there's a, certainly a lot of examples of speaking to situations for breakthroughs in people's lives. And so uh, even God spoke the world into existence in Genesis 1. So the spoken word and the proclamation of a decree is, um, is very evident in the scripture. And what we're not talking about is name it, claim it. We're not talking about, you know, uh, an aberration of, you know, scripture, but actually where God leads someone in a situation to speak and decree something over a particular circumstance as led by God and the Holy Spirit. I thought it was really interesting in your devotional. You talk about the very first uh, book that you were selling and you were having a hard time selling the books. And so you felt this nudge from God to do something pretty unusual. You, you want to share that story? I thought that was just so, so fascinating. Well, by that time I had um, my mentor had really taught me the power of speaking to things at times, you know, he had had some miracles in his life that were well-documented and, uh, so I had, uh, it was really my first major book of our devotional, TGIF Today, God is First. And um, the publisher, because I was a new author, required me to order a thousand copies of the book. And the internet was really just getting going. That was the year 2000. And um, so I, uh, I agreed to do that. And I was working out of my home. And after about two or three months, I noticed that I'd probably only sold two or three copies a week of the book. And I was getting a little frustrated. And, and uh, so one Saturday morning, I woke up and the scripture uh, in Matthew that talks about speaking to the mountain, uh, it says, uh, and it says, uh, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. That's Mark eleven twenty three, And so that kind of dropped into my spirit as I woke up that morning. And I sensed that what I was supposed to do was go down to my basement and lay hands on my books and tell them to leave the basement and go be a blessing to someone who could use the books. And so I felt a little strange about that, but uh, I still did it. And I said, in the name of Jesus, get out of the basement and go be a blessing to someone who can use these books. And 
So that was a Saturday morning at uh, two o'clock that afternoon. I got a phone call from Dallas, Texas. I was living in Atlanta and uh, it was from a ministry, uh, a marketplace ministry there. And they called and ordered 300 of my devotional book to give to their clients. And it was a $3,000 order. And I had to laugh and I thought, gee, you know, even my business was supposed to be closed that day. <laughs> and uh, so God really built my faith with that. And I've just seen other examples of that in uh, even my wife has a situation and I wrote about that in the book and a number of other examples of that. And I think what it tells us is that, you know, this is another tool that should be in our toolbox as Christians to uh, be available to God whenever he wants to do something out of the ordinary. Hmm. I love that. And, and I, th- I think it was really interesting too, in, in your uh, devotion, talking about speaking your, to your provision, I think people would read it and, and you just, you talk about, you know, that, um, that your provision might not feel like you have anything, but how God can use that. Absolutely. And, you know, there's a great example of that in the, in the old Testament of the widow who was, who was on her last meal and uh, she didn't know what to do. And Elisha told her to go find some, some uh, oil lamps and um, even collect them from the neighbors, borrow them from your neighbors. And now go and he says, now go in uh, to your house and pour oil in the lamp. Well, she did that. And the oil kept going, you know, and he said, now, now go and, and take all of those oil lamps with oil and sell them. And that will be how there will be provision. So the principle of that is what do you have in your hand? And uh, sometimes we don't know what we have in our hand. Sometimes God has to multiply something in our hand um, that we hadn't thought about before. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a, uh, a talent I've not used in years. Maybe it's a, you know, a, a second type of job I ne- never considered. You just don't know whenever you get down to really lean times, you've got to think outside the box and allow God to lead you in thinking that way. Hmm. I think um, this is going to be such an encouragement for people, especially now in, in I know the, um, the goal of this is just to kind of help Christians um, in the workplace fi- find them, you know, be able to minister to others. And, and now more than ever, there just seems like there's can be this antagonism towards people of faith especially in workplaces, maybe bigger, larger corporations too. And so I think I love the, um, the decree of blessing, speaking words of life. First off, you know, with a lot of the challenges people are going through with persecution, which we expect persecution to increase mm-hmm. as we get in these last days. And we're certainly seeing that. And so what is our response to that? And I look to the Old Testament when I see how, Many leaders like Daniel and Nehemiah and, and, and uh, even Joseph. And, you know, a lot of times people come to me and say, well, I don't, you don't know what my boss is like. And I say, well, I can't <laughs> imagine it is worse than Daniel or Nehemiah's boss. <laughs> you know, and Jesus said that uh, if we're going to be followers, we will be persecuted for our faith. So we need to get past this being surprised and embrace the fact that God has chosen us to um, you know, to carry the cross for Christ in our workplaces. Now, having said that, 
a lot of times we create our own problems by not have, you know, being wise in how we handle ourselves. You know, uh, it's not wise to, you know, share your faith during work hours. You know, you need to, uh, you know, build relationships before work at lunchtime or coffee breaks or whatever and use your time wisely. But also just being a model employee you know, one of the greatest things Jesus did was he was a problem solver. You know, every time he met somebody, he solved the problem, whether it was solving Peter's fishing problem or his tax problem by catching a fish or, you know, the, the prostitute's problem, you know, being stoned. And so he solved the problem. And every time he solved the problem, his influence grew. And I think that's a great model for those of us in the workplace. If we want to have influence, start solving problems and being available to people to serve them and praying for them is a great way to do that. I think this um, devotional really speaks to what's going on in the last year. Uh, you have one, um, a decree of blessing of protection during uncertainty. Yeah, uh, uncertainty. We can guarantee uncertainty. <laughs> and and uh, But again, that's an opportunity to see God move in our, you know, in our life. You know, whenever you have such a, uh, a situation that you have no control over it, that's an opportunity to see how God wants to solve that problem because God's already solved all the problems. It's just, he's waiting on us to seek him to know what the answer is. And that's a, uh, and when we get the answer, it's exciting to see how he solves the problem and uh, wants to lead us in uh, through that process. I think the, this is something that I, I'm, I'm sure so many people struggle with. Uh, the world kind of says one thing and uh, maybe Christians, we believe another way, but it's almost like there's this um, negative connotation to somebody being successful in their business. And if they're too prosperous or too successful. So uh, speak into that about, you know, financial prosperity and, and how that can be uh, okay biblically. Well, sure. In, in Deuteronomy 8.18, he says he gives us the power to create wealth. Uh, now, that, that's a very simple verse that says a lot in it, but basically, he's given all of us the skill and ability to care for ourselves through provision and to use those skills in order to create wealth, in order to establish his kingdom on earth. And so just imagine if we didn't, were not able to do that, how the gospel would suffer if we were not able to support missionaries or support Christian causes that it requires money for things to, to take place in this world. And so God created that system. Uh, and uh, so, you know, he says, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. And, uh, you know, so God wants us to be blessed, to be a blessing to others. It's not, you know, just a use it all on ourselves, but actually to be able to share and give and uh, build God's kingdom in so many different areas. And the marketplace is a great place where businesses are designed to really create well in order to establish his kingdom. And, you know, the story of Boaz, farmers that they would create the gleanings in their, leave the gleanings in their fields behind so that the poor could glean that field. And that was a, that was their way of caring for the poor, 
interesting, the poor had to work the field, you know, in order to get that. But the partnership was with the, you know, business owner, the farmer who made available some of his um, resource to help the poor. And uh, in many ways, we've got to understand that's modern day business as well as a Christian owned business. That business has a purpose to advance God's kingdom. Coming up next week, you're going to take an in-depth. Well, coming up next week, you can take an in-depth Well, coming up next week, uh, you have a chance to really dig into biblical stories that will help you find trust truths in the midst of pain, difficulties, or hardships in the book called You Can Trust Him. It's written by Joan E. Murray, and she'll be in the 32nd Book Club next week.